Section 18 of The Destination of Man by Johann Gottlieb Fichte Translated by Jane Sennett This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 18. Faith. Creative life flows like a continuous stream. Oh, how have I wandered in darkness during the past days of my life! How have I heaped error upon error, and deemed myself wise! Now first do I understand the doctrine which seems so strange to me, for now first do I comprehend it in its whole compass, in its deepest foundations, and through all its consequences. Man is not the mere product of the sensual world, and the whole aim of his existence cannot be attained in it. His high destiny passes time and space, and all that is sensual. What he is, and what he is to make himself, he must know, as his destiny is a lofty one. He must be able to raise his thoughts above all sensual limits, where his true home is thither must his thoughts necessarily fly and his real humanity in which his whole mental power is displayed appears most when he raises himself above those limits and all that belongs to the senses vanishes in a mere reflection to mortal eyes of what is transcendent and immortal many have raised themselves to this view without any course of intellectual inquiry merely by nobleness of heart and pure moral instinct they have denied in practice the reality of the sensual world and made it of no account in their resolutions and their conduct although they might never have entertained the question of its real existence far less have come to any conclusion in the negative those who are entitled to say our citizenship is in heaven we have here no abiding place we seek it in a world to come those whose chief principle it was to die to the world to be born again and already here below to enter on the kingdom of god certainly set no value on what is merely sensual and were to use the scholastic expression transcendental idealists others who with the natural tendency to sensuality common to us all have strengthened themselves in it by the adoption of a system of thought leading in the same direction can only rise above it by a thorough and persevering course of investigation with the purest moral intentions they would be liable to be perpetually drawn down again by their intellectual mistakes and their whole nature would be involved in inextricable contradiction for such as these will the philosophy which i now first truly understand be the first power that can enable the imprisoned psyche to break from the chrysalis and unfold her wings poised on which she casts a glance over her abandoned cell before springing upward to live and move in a higher sphere blessed be the hour in which i was first led to inquire into my own spiritual nature and destination all my doubts are removed i know what i can know and have no fears for what i cannot know 
i am satisfied perfect clearness and harmony reign in my soul and a new and more glorious existence begins for me my entire destiny i cannot comprehend what i am to become exceeds my present power of conception a part which is concealed from me is visible to the father of spirits i know only that it is secure everlasting and glorious that part of it which is confided to me i know for it is the root of all my other knowledge i know at every moment of my life what i have to do and this is the aim of my existence as far as it depends on myself since my knowledge does not reach beyond this i am not required to go further on this central point i take my stand to this shall all my thoughts and endeavors tend and my whole power be directed my whole existence be woven around it it is my duty to cultivate my understanding and to acquire knowledge as much as i can but purely with the intention of enlarging my sphere of duty i shall desire to gain much that much may be required of me it is my duty to exercise my powers and talents in every direction but merely in order to render myself a more convenient and better qualified instrument for the work i am called to do for until the law of god in my heart shall have been fulfilled in practice i am answerable for it to my conscience it is my duty to represent in my person as far as i am able the most complete and perfect humanity not for its own sake but in order that in the form of humanity may be represented the highest perfection of virtue i shall regard myself and all that in me is merely as the means to the fulfilment of duty and shall have no other anxiety than that i may be able as far as possible to fulfil it when however i shall have once resolutely obeyed the law of conscience conscious of the purest intentions in doing so when this law shall have been made manifest in practice i have no further anxiety for having once become a fact in the world it has been placed in the hands of an eternal providence further care or anxiety concerning the issue were but idle self-torment would exhibit a want of faith and trust in that infinite power i shall not dream of governing the world in his place of listening to the voice of my own limited understanding instead of his voice in my conscience and substituting for his vast and comprehensive plans those of a narrow and short-sighted individual i know that to seek to do so would be to seek to disturb the order of the spiritual world as with tranquil resignation i reverence the decrees of a higher providence so in my actions do i reverence the freedom of my fellow creatures the question for me is not what they according to my conceptions ought to do but what i may do to induce them to it i cannot wish to act on them otherwise than through their own conviction and their own will and as far as the order of society and their own consent will permit me by no means however to influence their powers and circumstances independently of their own convictions 
they do what they do on their own responsibility in this i dare not interfere and the eternal will will dispose all for the best all that i have to do is to respect their liberty and to make no attempt to destroy it because it appears to me ill-employed i raise myself to this point of view and become a new creature my whole relations to the present world are changed the ties by which my mind was closely connected with it and followed all its movements are broken for ever and i stand calmly in the centre of my own world my eye only and not my heart is occupied with worldly objects and this eye is filled with light and looks through error and deformity to the true and the beautiful my mind is forever closed against perplexity and embarrassment and uncertainty and doubt and anxiety my heart against grief and repentance as well as against desire there is but one thing that i wish to know and that i infallibly shall know and i refrain from forming conjectures as to what i am sure i can never with certainty know no possible event has power to agitate me with joy or sorrow for i look down calm and unmoved upon all since i am aware that i am not able to understand events in all their bearings all that happens belongs to the everlasting plan of providence and is good in its place how much in this plan is pure gain how much is merely good as means to some further end for the destruction of some present evil i know not i am satisfied with and stand fast as a rock on the belief that all that happens in god's world happens for the best but what in that world is merely germ what blossom what fruit i know not the only cause in which i can be deeply concerned is that of the progress of reason and morality in the minds of rational creatures and this purely for the sake of this progress whether i am the instrument chosen for this purpose or another whether my endeavours succeed or fail is of no importance i regard myself merely as a destined labourer in this field and respect myself only inasmuch as i execute my task i look on all the occurrences of the world only in their relation to this object and it matters not whether i or another have the chief share in them my breast is steeled against personal insults and vexations or vainglorious exaltation in personal merit for my personality has vanished in the contemplation of the great object before me should it seem to me that truth has been put to silence and virtue trampled under foot and that folly and vice will certainly triumph should it happen when all hearts were filled with hope for the human race that the horizon should suddenly darken around them as it had never done before should the work well and happily begun on which all eyes were fixed with joyous expectation suddenly and unexpectedly be turned into a deed of shame yet will i not be dismayed nor if the good cause should appear to grow and flourish the lights of freedom and civilization be diffused and peace and goodwill amongst men be extended 
shall yet my efforts be relaxed those apparently melancholy events may for aught i know be the means of bringing about a good result that struggle of folly and vice may be the last that they shall ever maintain and they may be permitted to put forth all their strength to lose it in one final defeat those events of apparently joyful promise may rest on an uncertain foundation what i regarded as love of freedom may be but impatience of restraint what i attributed to gentleness and peacefulness may originate in feebleness and effeminacy i do not indeed know this but it might be that i had as little cause to mourn over the one as to rejoice over the other all that i know is that the world is in the hands of omnipotent wisdom and goodness who looks through his whole plan knows all its bearings and will infallibly be able to execute whatever he intends on this conviction i repose with a calm and blessed assurance that they are free and rational creatures destined to make progress towards perfect reason and moral purity who thus exert all their powers in the promotion of folly and vice need excite no violent indignation the depravity of hating what is good for its own sake and choosing evil because it is evil for the mere love of it which alone could justly awaken anger i cannot ascribe to any human creature for i know that it lies not in human nature to do so i know that for all who act thus there is generally no good or evil but merely the agreeable or disagreeable and that they are not under their own control but under that of natural appetite which seeks the former and flies from the latter with all its strength without any consideration whether it be in itself good or evil i know that being what they are they cannot act otherwise than as they do act and i am far from the folly of growing angry at what is of necessity or seeing cause for indignation in blind and brute impulse in that indeed lies their guilt and their degradation that they are what they are instead of striving to resist the current of passion and animal nature by the force of reason as free and rational beings this alone could justly awaken my displeasure but here i fall into an absurdity i cannot blame them for their want of moral freedom unless i regard them first as free i wish to be angry with them and find no object for my anger what they actually are does not deserve it what might deserve it they are not and if they were they would not deserve it my displeasure strikes at non-entity i must indeed treat them and address them as if they were what i well know they are not and manifest a noble indignation at their conduct with a view of arousing a similar feeling in their own breasts against themselves although i am conscious in my heart that no such feeling can be rationally entertained against them it is only the acting man of society whose anger is excited by folly and vice the contemplative man reposes undisturbed in the tranquillity of his own spirit
corporeal suffering sorrow and sickness i must indeed unavoidably feel for they are occurrences of my nature and as long as i remain on earth i am a part of nature but they shall not overcloud my spirit they can reach only the nature with which i am in a wonderful manner united not what is properly myself the being exalted above nature the certain end of all pain and of all susceptibility of pain is death and among all which the man of mere nature is apt to regard as evils this is the least i shall not die for myself but only for others for those who remain behind from whose connection i am torn for me the hour of death is the hour of birth to a new more magnificent life let my heart be once closed against earthly desire and the universe will appear before me in a glorified form the dead heavy mass which did but fill up space has disappeared and in its place there rushes by the bright everlasting flood of life and power from its infinite source all life o omnipotent father is thy life and the eye of religion alone penetrates to the realms of truth and beauty i am related to thee and what i behold around me is related to me all is full of animation and looks towards me with bright spiritual eyes and speaks with spirit voices to my heart in all the forms that surround me i behold the manifold reflections of my own being as the morning sun broken into a thousand dewdrops sparkles towards itself thy life as alone the finite mind can conceive it is self-forming self-representing will which clothed to the eye of the mortal with multitudinous sensuous forms flows through me and the whole immeasurable universe here streaming as self-creative matter through my veins and muscles there pouring its abundance into the tree the flower the grass creative life flows like a continuous stream drop by drop into all forms through which my eye can follow it and into the mysterious darkness where my own frame was formed dancing and rejoicing in the animal and presenting itself every moment in a new form the only principle of motion that from one end of the universe to the other conducts the harmonious movement but pure and holy and as near to thine own nature as to the eye of the mortal anything can be when it forms the bond which unites spirit with spirit and encompasses them all is the breath and atmosphere of the rational world incomprehensible unimaginable yet visible to the mental sight hovering over this sea of light thought passes from soul to soul and is reflected back purer and brighter from that of a fellow creature by this mystery does the individual understand and love himself in another and every mind develops itself from other minds and there is no single man but one humanity by this mystery does the affinity of spirits in the invisible world pass into their corporal nature and manifest itself in two sexes 
which even if the spiritual bond could be broken would as creatures of pure nature be compelled to love it breathes through the tenderness of parents and children and brethren as if the souls were of one blood like the bodies and their minds but blossoms and branches of the same stem and from these flows in wider and wider circles till it embraces the whole sentient world the thirst after love lies even at the root of hate and no enmity springs up but from friendship denied in that which to others appears a dead mass my eye beholds this everlasting life and movement throughout the sensual and spiritual world and sees this life forever rising and refining itself to more and more spiritual expression the universe is for me no longer that eternally repeated play that ever-returning circle that monster swallowing itself up to bring itself forth again as it was before it has become spiritualized to me it bears the stamp of spirit in a constant progress towards perfection the sun rises and sets and the stars vanish and return again and all the spheres move in their harmonious circling dance but they never return exactly what they were before and in the bright springs of life itself is life and progress every hour which they lead on every morning and every evening sinks with new increase upon the world new life and new love descends like dewdrops from the clouds and encircle nature as the cool night the earth all death in nature is birth and in death appears visibly the advancement of life there is no killing principle in nature for nature throughout is life it is not death which kills but the higher life which concealed behind the other begins to develop itself death and birth are but the struggle of life with itself to attain a higher form and how could my death be other mine when i bear in myself not merely the form and semblance of life but the only true original and essential life it is not possible that nature could annihilate a life which has not its origin in nature the nature which exists for me and not i for her yet even this my natural life even this mere semblance clothing to mortal sight the inward invisible life can she not destroy she who exists for me and exists not if i am not my present life disappears only before the higher life developing itself from within and what mortals call death is visible appearance of a second animation did no rational creature which had ever beheld the light of this world die there would be no possible ground to anticipate a new heavens and a new earth the only purpose of nature to present and maintain reason would be fulfilled and its span would have been complete but the act by which she appears to destroy a being free and independent of her is to the eye of reason the solemn announcement of a transition beyond her sphere 
death is the ladder by which my spiritual vision ascends to a new heavenly life every one of my fellow creatures who leaves this earthly circle and whom i cannot regard as annihilated draws my thoughts after him beyond the grave he is still and to him belongs a place whilst we mourn for him here as in the dark realms of unconsciousness there might be mourning when a man is to behold the light of the sun above there is rejoicing that a man is born into that world as we citizens of the earth receive with joy and welcome those born to us when i shall be called on to follow them there will be but joy for me for sorrow remains in the sphere which i shall be leaving the world of nature on which but now i gazed with wonder and admiration sinks before me with all its abounding life and order and bounteous increase it is but the curtain which hides one infinitely more perfect the germ from which that other shall develop itself my faith pierces through this veil and broods over and animates this germ it sees indeed nothing distinctly but it expects more than it can conceive more than it will ever be able to conceive until time shall be no more end of section eighteen end of the destination of man by johann gottlieb fichte translated by jane sinnott eighteen hundred and four to eighteen hundred and seventy